What are the latest trends in the push to decarbonize the trucking industry? Is electrification the answer? We'll have more in just a minute. Hi, this is Deborah Lockridge, Editor-in-Chief at Heavy Duty Trucking, and welcome to HGT Talks Trucking. When we looked at our most popular news from May on our website, truckinginfo.com, three of them were related to the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. For some deeper insights, I'm here with HGT Equipment Editor Jim Park and Senior Contributing Editor Jack Roberts, who were both at ACT Expo. But before we dive in, don't forget to connect with HGT on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. Clarion's Technologies is a global leader in transportation technology, known for its family of innovative and leading brands, our best-in-class capabilities, global scale, and extensive industry insight provide the technologies that keep the world moving forward. To learn more about Clarion's Technologies and its family of brands, visit clarionstechnologies.com. Okay, let's dig into the stories from ACT Expo that were the most popular. Got Jack and Jim here with me who were at ACT Expo. And uh, I understand it was pretty crazy. It was busy. Yeah, they said they had record attendance this year. It was over 8,000 people, the biggest uh, crowd they'd ever, they'd ever had. They've been watching the numbers trend up for the past couple of years, but this year broke all records. Good to see. Yeah, they're actually moving out of Long Beach, where they've been since the inception of the show. They're going to have to go to Anaheim, uh, California next year. They ran out of hotel rooms. They ran out of exhibitor space. Um, so this is clearly... If it's not the hottest trucking show in the country right now, it's certainly one of the hottest. And I think a lot of that has to do with the content at the show. It's definitely the place to go to see new technology, new trends, and all the cutting edge stuff that's coming at trucking today, for sure. And we can certainly speak to the shortage of hotel rooms, can't we, Jack? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> that's all we're going to say. So even though there was a lot of electrification uh, there, some of the hot buzz, one of the most uh, interesting announcements and one that was our number one story for May was the Cummins 15-liter hydrogen engine. Um, Jim, I know you stopped by uh, Cummins and talked to them a bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I stopped by the Cummins booth while I was at the show and uh, set up a short interview with Puneet Jawar. He's the general manager for global natural gas business for Cummins. Uh, that engine, the 15-liter platform, is interesting. He was telling me that it's going to be pretty much almost exactly the same engine from the head gasket down, uh, which means diesel, hydrogen, or natural gas, the block, the crank, the mains, all that sort of stuff down below the head gasket is the same. So that's certainly going to make production a lot simpler. Everything above the head gasket is obviously unique to the fuel that's being used. He did say that uh, natural gas and hydrogen, uh, both being gaseous fuels, uh, the, the upper side of the engine won't be interchangeable. It's not a customer adjustable sort of fit that you could just say, well, I'm going to run on natural gas today and hydrogen tomorrow. He said it's got a lot to do with the, uh, you know, chassis certifications and emissions rules and after treatment and what have you. So it won't be, a, you know, an engine you can just take out and drop in a new upper end for. 
uh, it's going to have to be a dedicated engine. He also said that it's likely to be probably five to six years before we see that engine, um, not even in production, but just in, in widespread field testing. So uh, that one's still a ways out, but he was really optimistic about the future of the uh, of the engine that burns what we call natural gas. Now, that could be fossil natural gas. It could be renewable natural gas. It could be combinations of uh, various other gaseous fuels, biomass and what have you. So uh, that one's probably got a pretty good future ahead of it. Yeah, I think that's part of the, what they call a fuel agnostic uh, platform. They announced earlier this year that on, on both the uh, uh, medium and heavy duty, they're doing the same approach. So like on the medium duty engine, uh, they'll, you know, they'll be like a propane one. Um, so it's really interesting approach they're taking. So that was uh, the hydrogen and natural gas engine. You talked mostly about natural gas. Jack, I think you covered the actual announcement of the hydrogen engine. You told me that was one of the, you know, buzziest things at the show. You know, I think this is interesting, especially in light of all the sort of infrastructure alarm bells that are starting to ring on the on the battery electric side of the equation, that maybe we're not going to count the uh, the internal combustion engine out completely quite just yet. There might be a fairly viable future for um, zero emission fuel internal combustion engines. Now, my understanding, um, again, goes along with what Jim said, you know, it's not as simple as just changing the top end of the engine out. Um, but there is a there is a degradation in range because natural gas, hydrogen, they just don't have the BTU content that diesel fuel does. I, I had an engineer tell me a long time ago when I was researching a story that if you went into a lab and you were just going to create a fuel to move freight on some sort of wheeled vehicle long distances, you'd come up with something pretty close to diesel fuel just in terms of the energy content it's inherent in the fuel. So that will be, there will be some range limitations, but I think this is a trend that um, bears paying close attention to. It's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, Jack, you also covered, um, again with Cummins, one of our top five stories. Cummins CEO's call for the industry to uh, do more, basically. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was an interesting speech. And um, all of the CEOs at the show are, I don't think there's any question, they're true believers. That that was a unified message um, from the uh, Cummins CEO, from Navistar CEO, um, that we have to do more, that we have to get um, we have to get on track. There's a, still a lot of work to be done, even though great things have been accomplished already in the trucking industry to get to zero emissions by 2050. We have a very long way to go. Um, Linebarger was interesting in that he he sort of called out a lot of the challenges. And we went back to infrastructure a while ago, which is, I think, the alarm bells first started ringing on this at ACT Expo last year when it became apparent, hey, we've got the technology. It looks like battery electric trucks are going to be a go. And then people start going, oh, wait a minute. We've got to figure out how we're going to charge these things. And to me, one of the Linebarger's biggest takeaways was that, you know, we're not, people talk about infrastructure. Oh, we need to upgrade our infrastructure to, to accommodate advanced and alternate fuel vehicles. And he says, not, there's a lot more to it than that. We're talking about upgrading multiple infrastructures for multiple fuel systems in any number of places. And he said, it's going to cost multiple billions of dollars to do this. And he pointed out, we still have not yet figured out how we're going to pay for it and who's going to pay for it. So it's just one example of the very, very, very tough challenges that still face this industry moving towards 2050. 
So one of the other top stories was from Act Expo was uh, Freightliner unveiling its production-ready eCascadia. Uh, these have been out with customer fleets for a couple of years now, I guess, uh, in testing, but they said they're actually going into production with it later this year, and they showed that off at this show. Um, and I believe that was uh, in the ride and drive, along with a bunch of other vehicles. Uh, Jim, did you have a chance to take a look at it? I did not get a close, a close look at it or a ride on it. Um, not surprisingly, the, the, the lineups to ride that one were among the longest at the, uh, at the ride and drive. And we had some limited opportunity to, uh, to drive some trucks, so I chose a couple of the less popular ones, I guess. Uh, I was a bit say, surprised, I guess, when they made the announcement. It was lots of fanfare and speeches and presentations. Of course, the truck drove in completely quietly, and they had lights flashing and smoke and everything. And all they seemed to could say about it was, you know, we've got about 20 more miles out of it. And then they started talking about all the advanced safety systems they put on the truck. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to say, oh, yeah, we've got 500 miles now. But I, I sort of was maybe expecting a little more than 20 over the uh, earlier pre-production units. I think that maybe speaks to how difficult the challenge this is going to be. Uh, if a company like Daimler was only able to squeeze another 20 miles out of their truck from you know where it was a few years ago. Yeah, one thing I've been hearing is that if you had talked to somebody a couple of years ago, they would have expected the battery technology to have made more advances by now. Um, and people are saying it, it has not advanced as fast as they thought it was, at least for, for heavy trucks. So another interesting thing to watch. Um, Jack, did you get a chance to uh, drive any of the trucks out there on the ride and drive? Uh, I got to go on two drives. The first was the um, Plus AI autonomous uh, truck, which was fitted, retrofitted on a Peterbilt Model 79 tractor with a 53-foot trailer. Um, I have a CDL, so I was allowed to sit in the driver's seat and take the truck out on the 405 and the 710 around Long Beach in the middle of the day in very heavy traffic. Um, this was interesting to me because I've driven or ridden in autonomous trucks three or four times now, and they've always been Daimler uh, vehicles. So this was my first non-Daimler autonomous truck, and I was curious to compare and contrast the technology. And uh, the truck did really well, especially considering how heavy the traffic was. Um, I thought the lane change feature on the vehicle was really, really nice. I liked the way it merges into traffic without ever actually stopping. And I hate to say this, but it, it just like with the Daimler autonomous trucks, it's, there's not really much to talk about because you think it's going to be this great, exciting, mind-blowing event, and it's just like being driven up the road by a human being, except, you know, the truck is doing it. it I mean... The technology works, it performs just exactly as advertised, and uh, it's really, really neat to see. And I, I again, I, every time I ride in one of these trucks, I become convinced that this is gonna be a thing. And I think that in the early stages, um, if I'd been a driver and I were coming in from the east and I'd hit Long Beach around noon, I think I probably would have wanted to put the truck into autonomous mode and let it handle that traffic while I sort of decompress for a minute. Now, one interesting thing about the, the Plus AI truck was you have to keep constant pressure on the steering wheel. 
and you have to sort of give the truck some feedback to let it know you're there and paying attention. And if you don't do that after 50 seconds, it'll start to take the truck out of autonomous mode. The other drive I did was I've been very interested to see the uh, Hyundai fuel cell trucks. And I rode in both of those. I rode in a medium duty and what they call uh, their class eight truck, which was a cab over. Both were cab overs. Um, I think this is the first time I've been in a big new cab over and I wasn't in Europe uh, climbing up into the cab or Asia. Um, and again, the trucks really performed well. Um, there's no real obvious difference since you're not in a pure battery electric truck compared to a hydrogen fuel cell truck. Um, this was just a spin around the parking lot. They would not let anyone, they had a company driver there um, to kind of take you through the paces and, you know, but um, really impressive. The trucks performed, again, as advertised. And um, again, it's going to be interesting to see how all, all of these things play out in conjunction with battery and alternate fuel and these new ICE technology we're talking about. There's, there's really a lot going on. And, you know, kind of to harken back to what Lime Barger was talking about, and this was a theme during the show, it looks like fleet managers in the future, you're not just going to have one or two options, gas or diesel. You might very well be managing a lot of different propulsion systems for different types of vehicles, particularly for national fleets all over the country. You might be running battery electrics on the West Coast. You might be running hydrogen fuel cell for regional haul. You might be running these, uh, you know, these uh, fuel agnostic uh, ICE engines on longer haul routes. So there's going to be a lot to keep up with in the future, no question. All right, um, real quickly, each of you give me what is sort of the big takeaway that you got from Act Expo. Um, Jack? Still a long way to go. Um, I think there was a sense of, um, in the past I've always talked about and written on HDT and Trucking Info blog about how there was a sort of a sense of giddiness because you know you're on the cutting edge of new technology and we're making this happen. And um, the, that excitement is still there. I think everybody at this show is a true believer and really feels like they're doing something to help save the planet. I, I feel like there's a sense of nobility about the people at this show. They, they really are passionate about sustainability and, and helping get towards zero emissions by 2050. But I did take away sort of a more sober sort of assessment of the challenges that lie ahead from this show. It's like we've done some pretty amazing things, but as incredible as those achievements are, the, the hard stuff may still lie ahead of us. That was my takeaway. Jim, what about you? Well, I'm going to bring her back down to earth a little bit. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of companies there this year that I think won't be there in two or three years from now. Um, you know, these are early days for uh, battery electric, all this new alternative technology. Um, names we've never heard of, uh, some names we can't even pronounce. Um, they're on the market. They're, they're, they're looking to sign people up to long-term contracts. Uh, where are their dealer networks? Where do they build these things? Uh, what's their future? They're relying right now on investor uh, largesse. And as long as the uh, investment dollars keep coming in, we've got a viable company. But if they don't produce some product and start turning a profit at some point soon, they're going to go poof. So I think five years from now, the market's going to look quite a bit different than it does right now. And uh, I really do think the big players are here to stay, but a lot of these smaller ones aren't going to be around. One thing I'd piggyback on is I get a sense at this show that we need to start paying a lot of attention to Einride. I get a sense that this is a company that we sort of thought, oh, Swedish pod manufacturer, 
um, it looks like they have global ambitions and I'd, I'd, I'd keep an eye on them. Just sort of something that's in the back of my mind going forward. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I was kicking the tires over there to see what that was all about. Uh, what I was going to say was that, um, you know, the electric vehicle superstar Tesla wasn't at ACT Expo. No sign of them. Wasn't even a battery charger in the parking lot. So that makes me question how serious they are about the commercial vehicle market if they uh, if they can afford to not come to ACT Expo and still be taken seriously. On the other hand, um, I think, Jim, you said the, the Nikolai trucks in the ride and drive had long lines. Huge lines. Yeah, I, I did wait to get into a Nikola truck. I figured that was worth it, and I, and I loved it. I mean, what a spectacular ride in that cab over tray. It was just unbelievable. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I also got another little short ride uh, outside of ACT Expo when I went down to PGT there in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. Uh, they took me around the block in a private little test ride. Uh, I can't wait to get into one of those things and, and, and get for, go for a drive in it. You know, if you're thinking cab over, oh my God, uh, those cab overs that they're riding are like motor coaches. Nothing to compare to our cab overs at all. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the tray was a great ride. I also got a quick spin in one of the uh, Hyundai trucks. Um, couldn't believe the turning radius on those things. They have a pivoting rear axle which helped, I think, in the turning. I think it turns sharper than my car, for heaven's sakes. And I, I drive a Jetta. I mean, it's not a big car. You know, I'm really excited about the influx of, uh, of foreign competition, if I could say that. You know, the, the Asian companies like Hyundai and uh, Iveco and what have you, bringing some of that technology here. It's different. It's great. Um, nothing to be afraid of. Uh, once we embrace, you know, the parts and the various little bits that are different, Drivers are going to love these things. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind they'll be clamoring to work for companies that have trucks like that to drive. God, so it's pretty wild seeing. Yeah, Nicola, if you're listening, <laughs> I want to go for a drive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild yeah. to see the, the reemergence possibly of, of the cab over uh, because of these alternative uh, drivetrain partnerships and, and other companies coming to the market. Well, I think we are out of time. Uh, lots to talk about Act Expo and electrification and autonomous. These are issues we cover a lot. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to our e-newsletter at truckinginfo.com to stay up to date as we continue following these stories and more, as well as on the HGT Talks Trucking Podcast.